0: 151 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharkey. Hello. And Matt Bissell. Hello. It is Monday, May 9th, and tonight we're going to talk about free comic book day that was just this past weekend, and we're going to get into a little Han Solo solo movie action. Actor was just cast. Is it a good choice? Do they even need to make it? We're going to let you know our opinions. But we're going to do all that after housekeeping with Ian Sharpley.
1: Our opinions can always be found at mixsauce.com. Whether you want them or not. Check them out. And you can see reviews. You can see strips and this lovely podcast. If you'd like to give us feedback on any of those things that we do, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash You can find old, old timey versions of the podcast at Uh You can find the podcast also on iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio. Um, I haven't asked in a while, but if you guys can, go into the iTunes store and rate us, review us, let us know how we're doing. I don't think we've received a rating or review in quite a while. And that does help the podcast get ear holes to listen to it, eyeballs on it. So, if you could do that, that would be Great,
0: We love it. I'd be down. What else you got for us? I don't know.
1: Just, I got a big old stack of comic books that I got for free. I walked in the store, I picked them off the table, and I left, and I didn't pay any money. Or, (coughs) at least for these ones.
0: So, free comic book day was this past (laughs) Saturday, May 8th. That's right. Where a host of free comic books by different publishers are available. Mm Mm-hmm for free, Uh, it's a um, way to get feet in the door, people to come in comic shops, you get some free comics, maybe you'll buy something else and maybe you'll get hooked on one of the free books. Uh, We normally do this at New Dimension Comics in West Mifflin, PA every year, Uh, but we were busy this this weekend, so we didn't have time to get down there and set up the old mix table, we hope, our buddies at New Dimension Comics. Uh, had an excellent weekend. So, I didn't get out to any comic shop this weekend for free comics. I'm free comic bookless. Where did you guys go?
1: I had to work that day, but myself and Dominic Yossi of this podcast went to the Phantom of the Attic in Monroeville. It's been my home comic book store since I was 11 years old. So, I went there and picked up my usual books. I also found out that I was six or seven trades behind on The Walking Dead, so... That's it, shocking to me, because I swear, you and I have <coughs>
0: talked about more recent things in that book.
1: Um, I don't think so. I really don't. I've, I'm really behind on it. And I, I just, at some point, I I think I missed one trade, and then I forgot where I was in the trades, and it just wasn't a pressing matter, but, um, I... I wanted to go back and catch myself all of a sudden you picked up a book and you were like holy
0: shit carl's got no legs
1: (laughs) just kidding not a spoiler it's not a spoiler but in the way that they they hack people's body parts off carl he's always losing limbs and eyeballs and such so you know okay but yeah, so I uh, I got that. I also got Astro City, the first Ooh, volume of you know that. Hell, hell the yeah, you did! Highly, I think it's still, <clears throat> I think it's still hiding in my work papers uh, as I was the pretending first, to work. The first trade? The first trade from like what? Early two thousands? Oh no, in the nineties. Actually, I had to do some work to figure out because Astro City has has gone through a few different iterations, so I had to kind of... It's not numbered, like, volume one, because it was at a few different comic book companies. So I had to find out what the starting point was. And um, Well, two comic book companies, but
2: that's okay.
1: Well, it was at... Oh, on the spine it says Image on one, and then Wildstorm, so it's a little confusing... Oh okay. they're not I, I I know that Wildstorm was an image brand. I understand that, but still it's not in the traditional volume 1 through whatever kind of way even though the story does fall that way. Is that correct, Matt? Yes, sir. Okay. So, that was something that I picked up this weekend as well, and I'm pretty excited. I've read probably about half of it, and uh, it's good stuff. Which one did you get?
2: It is... Is it Life in the Big City? I think that's the name of it. Is it the one with Samaritan on the cover, flying? Yes, like,
1: yes, yes, it is. And the first story is the tale of Samaritan and pretty much a day in his life where yeah, you get to see how yeah. how uh, overextended he is.
2: That is the the trade paperback that's going to have the, um, the story that I was referencing last week about Samaritan, and I still forget the female hero's name, kind of the Wonder Woman of that universe. They go out on a date as their alter egos and basically they have to shut the world out and is it not... winged victory is that that's her name yeah winged victory and uh and they go on this date and basically try to um uh not be superheroes for a night and kind of put aside their differences against one another she was a bit of a feminist um and samaritan he's just a good samaritan really and uh i don't know it's a good read I don't think you're there yet, though, because I think that was the final issue of that trade. Yeah, no, I'm I'm halfway
1: through. Um, oh, that's
2: the reprint that you're showing me, Ian. That's the the cover with Samaritan kind of dropping down with the cityscape behind him. The the printing that I have of that trade mm-hmm. uh, actually has him more flying up, kind of at a forty five degree angle does with a Samaritan white background, blue hair. He does. And blue eyebrows. Well, I don't know what color the eyebrows are. I never quite got that close. <laughs> hmm. Is it blue hair? Cause it's
1: sort of like a take on the old comic books. Whenever yeah. you could color, yeah. according to this Alex slippery. Ross
0: art, it's like it's blue.
1: Well, I mean, <clears throat> what I'm saying is because the old. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh. It's not this shit okay. is. Oh, like it's dyed hyper blue. blue. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty blue. All right, my theory is out the window. That's actually some pretty cool Alex Ross art. They're, Everybody they're not, doesn't look fat. Because they're not fat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's some... Yeah, as great as Alex got Ross some, is. He got some fit models for that one. Sorry, Alex Ross. I'm
0: not even positive this is Alex Ross art now that I look at it. I'm like, because everyone's, everyone's <laughs> Just too thin. fit. No one's a fucking bulky piece of shit. So,
1: did you enjoy Astro City? Uh, I read halfway through so far. Yes, I, I have enjoyed it. Um, Pretty good book. Really liked it. Um, My highlight of Free Comic Book Day always is to see families come in, get to see the new generation of comic book fans. There were a lot of kids there. Early in the morning, even. How long were you guys up there? I was only there for about 45 minutes or so. So
2: your highlight is looking at the kids? Uh, You know, you
1: you could take it out of context and make me into a dirty, dirty, filthy old man. But, no, I mean, it's nice to see kids the, show up. He and... said
0: kids, not the girls.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like the boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun to see kids Had show
0: you up. If said girls, and... I would have assumed there was there would have been a wealth of, like, teenage girls in there. No. it would have
1: been Creep Train on. No, a lot of little kids there to pick up Spider-Man, My Little Pony, those kinds of books. Teen Titans Go. My little funny. So, So,
2: what You're time... you making
1: that dirty. Sexy. I'm so, trying not to make this dirty. I wanted to say something nice, <laughs> goddammit! You did!
2: You still said nice. So, what time <clears throat> did New Dimension open... Or, not New Dimension, but Phantom of the Attic. What time did they open? Phantom, Phantom opened
1: at 8 o'clock. I was there. As the doors opened. In my 45 minutes of being there... I would say that probably... Maybe 60 people came in and out. It was pretty high traffic. I talked to the owner, Roy, uh, who I've known for uh, forever, and he said that he wished that he had uh, like a a counter or something that he could count the people because he figured that last year they had anywhere between 400 and 500 people come through the shop. And the Phantom, if you've ever been in the Phantom in Monroe, it's not the biggest shop on earth, so... Uh, to jam that many people in through a day, I'd say that getting 400, 500 people in there, that's like three weeks' worth of traffic.
2: It's a nice store, though. Uh, have, a, have you been to the family? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's a very clean, organized, just a, a, kind of like a high-class store, even if it is on the smaller side. Um, it To me, it's very much a throwback to the way comic shops used to be um, back in the 90s. Uh, but kind of a little nicer than that but yeah. but small um kind of maximizing use of kind of like almost unorthodox or weird layouts um it's just kind of i was cool. gonna say it's it's uh, the square footage is small
0: but it's very dense they pack a lot of stuff yeah into yeah their area
1: and the um the, the reason why it's so unorthodox is because they actually took over they they formerly were only the section if you've been in there you walk in the front doors and you, you turn to the right and you go down the hall where the new comics are. That section used to be the entirety of the store. They bought the section where the register and the graphic novels are um, probably about 10 years ago, and they knocked a hole through the wall and extended the Phantom, so it used to be even smaller. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I feel that I agree with you, Matt. It does have a throwback 90s style, but... It's not a dank, dark version. It's sort of like a throwback with bright lights and inviting um, appeal as well. And and, and also, uh, really, really great staff. Tom, uh, who works there as well, is always a really great and enthusiastic person to talk to. And will always talk comic books with anybody that walks through the door. Hardened veteran or newbie, he will be just as inviting and pleasant with you. So...
0: I feel like it's almost a rare find uh, to get a common shop employee it's so welcoming and inviting all of the time. I think we've been pretty fortunate in the shops we frequent that, uh, you know, Phantom, uh, New Dimension at Century 3, which was my home shop for a long time. Everyone was really, always really cool, really awesome out there. So <clears throat> but we've been to, we've been to other shops around these United States. That have been weird and awkward. My trips to a couple different Michigan comic shops were Fair. awkward.
2: Well, you run into employees that that have kind of an elitist attitude toward you as a as a shopper, and I think what they kind of feel to real fail to realize is the fact that the mystique of um, being like working in a comic book store has. I think worn off to an extent into the twenty first century. It's not quite as cool as it seemed in the nineties. Of course, it was cool to a fourteen year old. You know, I'm not going to disclose my age, thirty six. But uh, it's not that cool anymore. Yeah. Are
0: you? You're just you're just a year younger than me then. Well, I thought you were. I thought you were two for some reason. But that's a year and a half. We we
2: graduated two years apart. Um, But, yeah, 36, man. And... September? October. God damn it. Third. Second. Yeah, the second. second. Yeah. In case anybody out there listening (laughs) wants to send a birthday card, October 2nd. So, um... It's just that, like, when I was 14 and I looked at a comic shop employee, I just thought, wow, you have the coolest job in the world. Like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to work at a comic book store. And that's not really what I would aspire to these days. Like, I think I have loftier goals for myself. Uh, Like, I don't know, having maybe the world's most successful comic book podcast in the land.
1: Those are still pretty lofty goals. Oh
2: come on, Ian!
0: You know, I was We're thinking at there. some point. I don't even know what made it pop into my head, but at some point this weekend, like well, every every so often, but this weekend I was like, it would be really cool to own a bar. Just like a little like local bar, not like you know some big like trendy thing.
1: Why would it be cool to own well, a bar?
0: I don't know. Just, I I like shitty bar atmospheres and you know. Getting drunk and stuff, but right I was thinking about, it, think I was way. like,
1: Right, I was and, like, and I was gonna punch right. through your logic. No, Yo, don't worry, <laughs> like, I know you're going there. So, well,
0: not I'm going there, but not the way you think. Oh, okay. going there, like I, I was <clears throat> thinking, I'd love to, but then I was like, but like I'd have to be up all night. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a more I'm a morning person. Like I don't mind going to bed at nine thirty sometimes. That's just when shit starts to get rolling. If you own a proper bar, right. I'm like, well, Yeah, well, like, I felt the same way about uh, some local music shops where I grew up. And I got to work there for a couple of years at a local music store in my neighborhood, and I thought it was going to be the best. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get to play guitars all day and you know, play piano all day. This Talk to gonna, really cool people about cool yeah, music. this is going to be amazing. And the owner was the worst boss I've ever had in my life. It was the worst job. I couldn't wait to get out of there. It was everything I wanted, and then it was Nothing that i wanted Mm -hmm. i feel like that elitist attitude of this is this is my shop and i run the show here and you're gonna you're gonna bend to my will while you're in here also translates to a lot of comic shop owners and a lot of comic shop employees especially if you're a potential comic book reader that's like i don't know the difference between miles morales and peter parker
1: yeah, I always think that um, record stores are very similar to the comic book culture. Uh, High Fidelity was always a movie that I really liked because <clears> I I likened it to comic book people and comic culture. It felt yeah. very similar yeah. to me.
2: Yeah, there's definitely
0: parallels. Guess what? It's okay to not like The Cure or Morrissey. That's or, Grant I mean. oh. <laughs> or Grant Morrison.
2: Or Grant Morrison. I'm sorry, Matt. I feel like I cut you off. Uh, Yeah, you did, but I forget what I was going to say, so it's not a big deal. About elitist comic book shop owners and workers? Yeah, you know, and, and we've run in... There There are comic book shops out there that, that are both record stores and comic books that have elitist employees uh, in the greater Pittsburgh area. We won't say what shops they are, but... Dear listeners, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> it's hilarious
1: that I that they don't know though, but I know exactly who you're talking about, and it's gonna be. I love it. Go, go ahead. Say it. No, I no. Just go with what you're going to say. Oh,
2: well, I was just pointing out the fact that the the two can be so close, and there is a specific shop that we're thinking of that is both a comic book store and a record store, and they do have that elitist. Uh, staff and ownership do you think that maybe if you're if you're a younger
0: comic fan like I mean younger like 8 to 14 and maybe you go into a comic book shop and you're just getting into comics at this age and you get one of those douchey employees that you're not really informed enough about life to be able to understand that this guy's a fucking asshole so then you just kind of deal with like yeah this is okay to a degree, yeah. But then you run into a guy like Tom, the Phantom, who's always warm and welcoming, more than you know, happy to go out of his way to get get whatever you need. And then it's like culture shock, going from one to the other.
2: To a degree, I think you're right, Paul. But I, in the years when I was growing up and going to comic book stores, I would be lucky enough to run into stores with great owners and employees that were kind of welcoming and at least placated me and chatted about comics with me. Placated. Great word. Thank you. Like I would get dropped off at the comic book store some nights while my like my brother would have drum lessons and my mom would like drive him to a drum lesson and she'd take me to the comic book store. So he right was the, the cool.
1: He was the cool Casal.
2: Dude, I was at the comic book store. Oh, my, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, yeah. Apologize. I'm sorry. So I, she would wait in the car and I would go into the store for like what? How long is a lesson? An hour or something? So I would spend. Like, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes or something in the shop, just eating up these guys' time. And then I'd buy an image comic or something. Oh,
1: boy, they hated your guts. They
2: probably did.
1: But... I spent my entire fucking allowance every week. Like, that's... My life has been... Just buying comic books with the, the money that since I have. Since you've had.
2: been making money ever since your yes, allowance. Yes, ever since
1: my allowance, that's what my money has gone to, is comic books. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, kind of same here. But, um, you know, it's funny, the, the shop that I was referencing whenever uh, I was telling you when my mom would drop me off looking back that guy at that shop all he ever did was smoke huh? and talk in on the, the phone. shop oh Please. yeah oh that's so in awesome the shop, he would smoke and talk on the there was a cordless phone and he would just bullshit on it and smoke all day and i used to think he's pretty cool but like looking back <laughs> no no he's like the opposite of cool like completely lame and uh and, like, I kind of, in the back of my mind, knew something wasn't quite right. Because, mm-hmm. like, I would go to other shops where there would be a real dialogue with the, the people working. And there would be, like, they would actually give you attention and and seem to be interested in kind of your excitement about comics. Mm-hmm. and um, Yeah, not at that particular store, though. But uh, that is a store I got. Um, the first issue of Wolverine, the... Uh, um, Oh gosh, I'm
0: blanking on the creator. Um, Can you click those buttons any louder on the table?
2: (laughs) Sorry.
1: So it was was actual Wolverine comic?
2: Yeah, Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont's Wolverine number one.
1: John Byrne, the artist? Or no?
2: No? Yeah, Yeah, I think John Byrne maybe drew that. Um, That's when he went to Japan, Paul. That's good Wolverine. Is that
0: what uh, Wolverine 2 was? Based yeah, on? The Wolverine.
1: The yeah, Wolverine
0: yeah, kind of. Also known as Wolverine
1: 2. Or Wolverine Son. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it's racist. Is it? Yeah, I yes. don't feel like it is. They could not no? make
2: Karate Kid these days. What the fuck? They just um, have to call him <clears throat> Daniel. Um. Yeah, I. Also, Wolverine Two, aka not Wolverine quite some. as terrible as X Men Origins. Pretty solid. Do we, do we, we feel we'll like, like that's Wolverine the, the worst? Was pretty good. It was okay. It was
1: okay. It was a it was a step up, and the, yeah, step. but that's such a low bar.
2: X Men Origins, Wolverine is terrible. I yeah, think the right. preview mm-hmm. at the end,
1: where we're we're learning that we're gonna do Days of Future Past, and kind of right some wrongs from X Men Three. Gives it that full step up for me.
2: I suppose, man. X Men continuity is just so like, but it always fucking is though, dude. It's which just is part so of the bad. charm. Of all yeah, the like X- you can't complain about right, that.
0: Right. Which is part of the charm of all the X Men movies because traditionally X Men comic books the continuity is just you such know what? a mess. I'm, and now so is the movie continuity. Yeah. It's following in the footsteps of its
2: father. I'm fine with movie content or with comical continuity kind of not making sense because it takes forever to get from point A to B and there's so many creators involved. But like usually movies kind of like work together. Like when there's a sequel, it should make sense. And if it doesn't, it should be a reboot. And it's not. So it just doesn't make sense. It feels so bad. So Wrong. Like, I feel, I feel things like, just aren't adding up. I
0: feel like this X-Men franchise is able to take some liberties with things. Uh, I was talking with... Um, I think I was talking with our friend Darcy about how a lot of the costumes for X-Men Apocalypse look really cheesy. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, some of them look a little, little clunky, a little bad comic book movie-ish. But this movie takes place in the 80s. So...
1: Wouldn't
0: the would the costumes reflect the time period that this movie's taking place in? So
1: well, which which ones do you dislike? Uh,
0: Psylocke's storms. I think that. Psylocke's. They look a little. They look a little. A little cosplay. Goofy. Yeah, yeah, but it's, I mean, but but, but
1: like especially. I don't think, su- it's I don't especially think it's bad. Especially Psylocke's. Isn't that pretty much the costume that we all wanted to see? Was like that legit? Straight out of. Jim straight out of Jim Lee's sketchbook, Psylocke costume. Yeah,
0: but I also think there's a way to there's a way to do it that isn't so,
1: like molded, formy. She wears a purple fang, basically. Olivia
0: Munn doesn't wear a purple. No, thong. She's but I'm got saying a,
1: a more like sculpted suit on. I don't know. I, I maybe maybe I don't have a problem with the Psylocke uniform. You're I fighting, really don't. You're fighting me, but um, what but I'm supporting,
0: I'm supporting these costumes in X Men Apocalypse because if this takes place in the '80s, their costumes should look like '80s superhero costumes.
2: Really? Because I don't get the sense they look like '80s superhero costumes. As much as they look like just bad superhero costumes, there's Which no. Which is what
0: they t- look like in the eighties.
2: But there's no. What do you mean? That's what they yeah, except bro. Christopher Reeves. You mean Titans. you mean you're referencing actual comic book movies of the eighties? Yeah. Batman. Clunky.
0: Couldn't turn his head. What else? Superman. Super well, Superman doesn't count.
1: Puncher was in 89? These yeah, don't look like that. I, don't, I, don't yeah, I mean, there aren't like, any. These don't look like
2: that either. They yeah. just kind of look poor. They don't look that good. I, I don't dislike them.
1: I um, really don't.
0: Right. I don't dislike them either, but I think I think there is an adequate reason that they don't look that great. And I'm I'm on board. If I'm going to complain about anything about X-Men Apocalypse... It's not going to be the costume.
1: Well, what franchise has the best uh, uniforms I mean, then? Marvel, you. Yeah. Who's got a bad one? I mean,
0: bad, horrible, horrible <sighs> villains. Couple atrocious movies, but costume wise, everyone. Very lo- good. No one looks bad. No one looks bad.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say pretty good. The Marvel Studio stuff. Top top notch. DC has an opportunity to, to capitalize on the way that the Batman costume looks. Batman's good. Wonder Woman's legit. Yes. They have an opportunity. Yeah. I'm not saying like, they could do something interesting with Aquaman. I think they're going to fuck the Flash all up if that time travel armor is any indicator of what they could do with the Flash. They're going to fuck that up. Cyborg, nobody likes cyborg.
2: Right? Oh, they're gonna right, fuck right. it all
0: up. They're gonna fuck it all up. That's I, gonna that's gonna be. A I don't
2: think Flash is wrap. gonna be fucked up. I no, think, I think Aquaman already looks cool. Um, look, I don't think you could pull off Aquaman the way he is in the comics all on the silver screen. All I the just, Suicide
1: yeah. Squad people look cool, if not direct from yeah. the comics, yeah. they still yeah. look good. It's true.
2: I think Batman yeah. ended up looking better than he ever has. Best uh, Batman out there. I think I still wish his ears were a little longer, but that's just nitpicky. I like little stubby ears. That yeah, I mean, funny. I feel like they kind of had to because they've done so many iterations of Batman. Do you? You can you either go
1: super long, Kelly Jones, right. or stubby Frank Miller. And so, Kelly
2: Jones would just look terrible. It would. And you guys, bad.
0: you guys are making some really good cases for the DC stuff. But Marvel's costumes are just. I mean, there's no debate.
1: Well, what's the worst Marvel superhero costume? I, I don't
2: think Captain America's costume is that good. Do, Not even the new one, do like, like the one from Winter count? Soldier
1: on to this like, recent movie. Wait,
2: everybody's asking questions at once.
0: Do character designs count? Or uh, just costumes?
2: Wasn't that the same thing? I don't understand what you mean.
0: Well, Elaborate. I mean. So, the Abomination isn't a costume.
2: That's a okay, character. Okay, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were kind of talking about Captain America, but... Um... Marvel Universe, I said. Right, right,
1: right. But... All of it. That does count. Cap- counts. But I did think that we but were... It was Abomination. But I, thought, I did think we were also talking about Captain America. Because I said... Civil War? I... It doesn't matter because the Civil War costume is, Wait, is so you're... similar to the Winter Soldier costume I think... that... It's, it's I think like the same I thing. think the
2: Captain America costume mm. is not that good. No, I. I think they've improved it. I think they have too, but it's still maybe a little too military, a little too dark blue. I like haven't he, seen
0: Civil War yet. Okay, but the Avengers, like everything past the first Avenger costume. I'm not all that crazy about
2: Yeah, exactly. In in Captain America, the first Avenger, it was really cool. Especially when he goes back and he puts on the old costume. It's like, yeah, he's fighting as Captain America. That was cool. And ever since then, he's kind of looked just sort of dorky. I, I, I don't, don't think he looks dorky. But I
1: don't think he looks dorky. I agree, I agree that it's very military style, but so, I think that it's still... A good costume. That's gonna shut you down on the whole Marvel. You co- I didn't, cap looks a little it, dorky. It,
0: it, this this brand does not have my costume approval.
1: Boy, I'm at a crossroads because I don't know who to jump with. I don't know the side with <laughs> fucking Paul or to, team Paul or team or Matt. to back Matt right now. <laughs> I could do either. Go ahead, Matt. Uh,
2: you need to settle down. That's not what I said. I didn't say I am gonna write off Marvel movies because Captain America's costume is terrible. I'm just saying. I think the question was posed, what's the worst one? And I said, probably Cap. Uh, And if there's a worse one, let me know. Is it Hawkeye because it's so
0: unlike the comic book version? Um, Does that matter? Or are we saying, you know what, for this universe, for what they're doing with it, this is the perfect costume for this character?
1: I I don't dislike. I, I think that the Hawkeye costume in the comics with the mask Sort of doesn't make any sense. I think that, I feel like those, those like the, they're not ears, but whatever they the, are. The, the points, mask, those, the mask. eye points. Wouldn't that, like, wouldn't the wind hit that? I'd it like would, like, that, mess up your shot? Like, right? I'd like a little more, yeah, but at the
0: same time, I mean, he's an archer, he's so sensitive to the wind, maybe that's helping him, because he can feel the <laughs> because, wind blowing those weird what, what eye Or
2: we,
1: their eye ears, their
2: antenna, right? Right? Yeah, that gives him hey? a sense of where yeah, the brain yeah, is. You guys, you're thinking about it too I don't know. Much. You there know who is, is no the worst wind in comics? I, I <laughs> would like
0: Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye to incorporate a little more traditional purple.
1: Just I, a little bit. I agree. A little purple yeah, flair here yeah. and there. I agree. Scarlet Witch is probably my least favorite of the Marvel Studios costumes yeah, because yeah. it is just no, we're not gonna. Because, we're not even gonna yeah, try. Right, because
0: in the comics, super sexy with the big headpiece, and here have Michael Jackson's beaded leather jacket. I don't know. She I was, wish it
2: was that cool. She was looking more like Scarlet Witch, not to spoil things, but she was looking more like Scarlet Witch in Civil War. And uh, holy shit. But her, her
1: actions, and, not and, her cost. But and, did she
2: tie
0: wrists together with a thug and have a knife fight?
2: And holy shit, her breasts were so. Heaving. See, I'm that movie. See, I couldn't get, oh, 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 oh. I couldn't get
1: off her sexy thighs. I was into that. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like, oh, I don't know what was going on because I've always thought that uh, that Olsen chick was actually on the petite side, right? But she like was curvy in that movie, and I was like, where did this come from? Would you what
0: thigh? What kind of thighs did you say?
1: They were just sexy. Sexy there thighs. Was, oh, ample it, thighs. I thought you used a more descriptive term. I could have. We'll have to go back and check check, check the, the t- wax. T- there's almost an upskirt scene in Civil War there there is I can't wait to
0: see it Uh, by
1: who who is it what character uh, it's Scarlet Witch Mm. because she wears a skirt Mm -hmm. I don't even know what we're oh worst yeah you said you didn't like Hawkeye Um, your call is Captain America Matt mine is Scarlet Witch Paul do you have one you said Hawkeye, but it didn't seem like it was the worst. It seemed like you just wanted a little more a little more purple rain on that Hawkeye.
0: I don't... Like, if... Yeah, like, even if I picked the worst costume, like, it wouldn't be bad. Like, all of them... Everyone right. pretty much nails it. I guess probably Scarlet Witch, because it's such a departure. All no, right. fuck that. It's fucking Ultron. Because the comic book Ultron design is amazing. And the movie Ultron design is garbage. It's complete fucking shit out of your ass garbage. It's the worst. He's got lips. He's got pouty lips. Fuck yeah. Ultron, Ultron, absolute worst.
2: Paul, did you do anything for Free Comic Book Day this year?
0: I did nothing. For free comic book day. Uh, I read Poe Dameron number two. Uh Uh-huh. One of those multiple Star Wars books that you guys are just flamed out on. Too many Star Wars titles. Ian and Matt, not getting them.
2: Uh Yeah, it's been kind of a disappointment, I think. In general, all these Star Wars books. I'll tell Um, you what's nice about the Poe
0: Dameron book. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Charles Soule's the writer. Phil Noto's the artist. 2 top-notch talents at the top of their game right now. Uh, they're telling a pretty good story, but what's really neat about it is that it's an ongoing story taking place in the Force Awakens world. It takes place within a year of
2: the the before Force Awakens or after. before. Yeah, I guess they they are not touching after the Force Awakens at all. And it's just kind of neat going into that
0: world again and, you know, because we saw the Force Awakens and Like, that's it. Uh, there's a novel out, right, leading up to it, or
2: just the one that's after Jedi? The, yeah, that's called Aftermath, but they just released a new one, which takes place, I think, maybe a little closer to The Force Awakens, called, uh, what the hell is it called? Um, it's referenced in Podamron too, 2, but I don't feel like going into the other room to get it. Bloodlines, um... Or bloodline, maybe, um, but it's. Uh, I think it's a Princess Leia story about kind of how she became a senator, yeah. Uh, or well, she already was a senator, wasn't she? Um, and kind of tried to form the new republic, I, I guess. And I think it gets into a lot of political mumbo jumbo.
0: Yeah, what's what's kind of neat about Poe Dameron is that it, it takes place in that world that we're not really really familiar with yet. You know, all the other Star Wars books that Marvel's released have, been, have taken place in the original trilogy universe, and those have been great. I'm a huge original trilogy fan. But seeing a little more of this new 30 years later Star Wars universe fleshed out, seeing some of the First Order uh, generals and leaders and, you know, the troopers and the TIE fighters and everything along with what their resistance is up to. It's pretty neat, cause like it's almost it's like getting in on the ground floor of everything that's happening in this universe. Though it puts me in the position of being completely disappointed years down the road, where they relaunch something else and say all that Marvel stuff not canon. <laughs> but Charles Soule and uh, Phil Noto really, really good talents right now. They're doing some good stuff. The only, the only thing I'm kind of kind of puts me off a little bit is they make Poe Dameron a little jokey, and I understand there's the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars writers group that that overlooks this stuff, but I feel like Charles Soule's he only has so many lines of dialogue from Poe Dameron to work with, right? right. And got all and it's only two issues into the story, but I'd like to see a little more. I'd like to see some more facets of his character other than just, you know, the fun, jokey one that we see throughout Force Awakens. hmm But it's been a cool book so far. I think if you're burned out on Original Trilogy Star Wars from Marvel, maybe give Poe Dameron a try.
2: Well, that's, that's pretty cool advice because I am burned out on it. I think that it's been... I think I can confidently say it's been bad. Uh... I wanted to be be lenient and say it's been kind of not what I was hoping for, but it's been bad. I, th- I think uh, especially in the main title, when they've made it a point to say,, oh, this is really what happens and this is really what happens in between the movies and blah blah blah. And then they give you so many things that kind of like almost spit in the face of what happens on the screen or or at the oh, very or at the very least, kind of reduces it a bit.
1: From um, from minute one even. I mean from the first book yeah. we're like, oh, oh, so that isn't the first time that Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker really come face to face. Right. Oh, it that's was just different.
2: It was and it's just almost laughably bad to the point where I completely disregard it. I'm like, nope, I don't accept this it's that, it's that lame. Um, you know, putting putting the big publisher on the block and putting, you know, these quote-unquote Wizards Top Ten Hottest Writers and shit on it as if, like, that's going to make a difference to me, just doesn't. You know, I, I'm sorry. I long for the days of Dark Horse being the steward of Star Wars comics <coughs> because you had such a diversity in what they would cover. Anything from, like, Knights of the Old Republic to the Clone Wars to... Uh, classic era Star Wars and beyond. I mean, it was everything. And all Marvel wants to do is touch the original trilogy era. It's so boring anymore. It, seems, it what, seems
1: like uh, Dark Horse had a little bit more free reign to like expand the universe and yeah, go and, to different places. In and Marvel. I don't
2: know if this is like Disney saying, hey, look, you guys can only do this because we're going to do X, Y, and Z in a different medium or something. And that blows, man. Like, it's... It really like kind of kills the the buzz of what a Star Wars comic can be, because all the relevant stories for Han Luke and Leia, as far as I'm concerned, have been told. they were told in the movies. What What is a comic book going to tell me that doesn't make me roll my eyes? Yeah, Because like, you gotta try to make it exciting, but at the same time, don't like, you know, um, don't piss all over the original stuff either. And they're pissing on the original stuff in an effort to make it interesting or exciting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like damned if you do, damned if you don't. So I just say don't do it. Don't do it. Talk about something else. Make up new characters that lived during that era, like what they're doing in Rebels, right?
0: But yeah, whatever. but that's a riskier adventure because, you know, then you're putting you're putting a lot of faith in characters that no one really gives a shit about. Right. There the- are ways to do it. Charles Soule and Alex Malee's Lando six-issue series. Brilliant.
2: Perfect. Yeah,
0: Doesn't step on any toes. But you but. know what?
2: That's fine, dude. You can tell all the Lando stories you want because he wasn't like a main character. He wasn't like a driving character of the story. You had three main characters, right? Luke, La- Luke... Luke, Lonnie La- and, and... Luke, Lonnie and... Uh, Heya. Heya, yeah. Oh and, god,
1: I loved Heya. <laughs>
2: So you got those three characters and you're trying to like tell new stories about shit we already know all the important stuff. Stop it. Go ahead and give me a Lando. Okay, don't give me a Chewbacca story or God forbid, don't give me a don't C-3PO give me a C three PO story. Like are you really like, you mean to tell me. You think you can write a better C three PO story than creating a brand new cool character that existed in that era? Well, yeah, but no. It, all they're doing is trying to like ride the popularity of these characters rather than forging their own way and creating new ones. And this is like why the force awakens was criticized so heavily because they were too afraid to move forward. That's like my biggest gripe about Disney owning star Wars is that they, they seem so beholden to the past and unwilling to push things forward. You know, like say what you want about Lucas, but at least he fucking had new ideas. I haven't seen any since Disney's gotten this brand. Just saying. Yeah, but but we have seen new ideas. I realize I'm I'm painting in broad strokes there, but I think generally, I'm right. Well, of course you do. But before we start slamming on *The Force
0: Awakens* for being derivative, which, to a point, it was, there are ways to do. To a do... point. All right, it was super derivative. Fucking back Ooh. off. <laughs> But, like, there there are ways to tell cool Star Wars stories. I mean, you, there are cool ways to do it with Luke, Han, and Leia. Okay. Like, there were a couple stories from the dark, the last Dark Horse run... Right. ...that involved Leia that didn't step on any toes of the original trilogy. They were more they internal were stories. They post-Jedi,
1: No, they were
0: between... Oh, 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 the, the Star New Wars, Jedi. right. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Sort of yeah.
1: exploring her role as... You know, uh, royalty on Alderaan and, uh, and the, the, well, like just more of a personal side to what it means to see your entire fucking world blown up. Yeah. I thought that was actually really yeah, it, interesting.
0: It didn't step on any anyone's toes, but it dealt with Leia dealing with her entire planet being destroyed. But Marvel
1: and Disney is never going to get that um, thoughtful about any of their stuff. They're no, that's all... actually
2: a really good point because then when Marvel gets the license, they create the Princess Leia. Uh, series the four issue or whatever it was maybe it was twelve issues I think it was six six felt like twelve
1: the two that I think you and I picked right. up and read but like, like what yeah. is it?
2: what is I mean and like that was a total misstep and that story's along
0: the same lines it right. deals with you know Princess Leia After going Matthew. out to find Alderon refugees that the Empire is hunting down but it's all you know flash and action mm-hmm. whereas that Dark Horse story like really lets you into what, like, what really Princess Leia is going through during that time period. You know, she's looked at as a leader of the Rebellion, and the entire time she needs to suppress all of these feelings about losing everything she's ever known. And now she's, a, she's essentially adrift in the universe, and the Rebellion's her only home now. And, like, that's a really thoughtful, really important story to tell that you're able to tell in a comic book. You're able to give it some, give it some room point. to breathe. That's a good point. But, yeah, the, the Marvel the, stuff has yeah. been like, let's go get them. Let's go do this. Hey, they're shooting. They're, they're die as Whoa.
1: And I, and I think that uh, Matt touched on the real cause is it's Disney. I'm, I'm blaming Disney for this. Not that Marvel's done great things with its comic books lately. But I feel like there's a directive that comes down from, you know. Possibly. I, I, mean, I feel all these meetings happen on Space Mountain or whatever. <laughs> and While the ride's
0: running? Yeah, and they're like, check
1: it out. And, you know, you get... These are the books that you guys are going to write. You're going to tell a story in this era. You, you, here you go. Here's no. your
2: C-3PO book. Go. Like, is it a coincidence, though, that Brian Wood is a better writer than Jason Aaron? No. Um, on this,
1: I mean, I think Jason Aaron's a really great writer uh, his hands might be a little bit tight
0: some of the Brian Wood stuff was really good and some of it was really bad mm-hmm. and like Aaron or Jason Aaron's really lived on some ebbs and flows of his artists
1: um, yeah I, I can't write really...
0: on that the six issues that Stuart Eminem did regardless of how silly some of the stories may have been were really engaging and oh, really yeah. entertaining like, you could you could get by the fact that Luke was put in, you know, a gladiatorial arena with only, like, a, <laughs> a old lightsaber to get by because it looked and felt like you were watching a 1977 Mark Hamill do all this stuff. Or you know? defeated
1: a Boba Fett while completely blind.
0: But even you get to, like, the, the Laniel Yu artwork now where... Is that how Luke's, you say it? Isn't it liner? Lionel? You, lineal,
1: you were. Lionel U, you U. Luke's hair
0: is always red. Huh. And I feel like they're trying to make an interesting palette choice for what the scene looks like and the color of the scene, but Luke's hair is never going to look red. Yeah. And it's like burgundy red. And it pulls me out of it all the time, even though Lionel U is an amazing artist. And there's some really cool stuff, like all the Han and Luke stuff that Jason Aaron's t- telling right now. It's really cool. It's really, you know, like, buddy kind of stuff, you know, back and forth. It has the feel of the detention center scene between the two of them in A New Hope. But then you cut to Princess Leia on a rebel, in a rebel jail that's a sunspot jail or whatever. And it's like, well, it's Leia and all these new characters that I don't give a shit about. Give me just Luke and Han flying in the Falcon talking.
1: It's really funny to hear both of you talk about this because you you want completely opposite things, and it's hilarious because it seems like you, Matt, want new characters, fresh ideas, things like that, and Paul, you want um, them to dive into the guts of all the old stuff that you know you really what? No, love. no, no. I, I, you know?
2: I, I, I probably didn't uh, do a very good job of representing myself there, or my opinion, but uh, Paul's right. Um, that that would be interesting to kind of get a little deeper into these characters, but I think these almost like bullet point events, um, you know, like the destruction of the Death Star or the assault on the Imperial base. You remember the first time Luke fights Darth Vader. That's the kind of shit that I don't, I can't stand in the in the Marvel comics, and they're not they're not getting into the characters at all. There's just like one action set piece after another. And it's just a complete fail. Um, Although with that said, I do think that they should be creating new characters for the comics and exploring other eras. That you know, I I mean, granted, there is a there is a Obi Wan and Anakin book, but it feels like almost begrudgingly. It's like they they so want to distance themselves from the prequels and whether you like the movies or not, there's still such a a rich. Mine, a rich got uh, what's it? A, a rich wealth t- tapestry tapestry I like that a rich tapestry and and they're not pulling from it instead they're avoiding it because the movies weren't good or whatever but like they could they can still go in there and and make their own good stories but they're they're avoiding it. One of my favorite bits from
0: the current Star Wars book is it's it's Han and Luke are together, and Han and Luke go out to procure some kind of funds for the Republic. And they get them, and then Han loses it because he thinks he can win more. So Scoundrel. Right. So then Luke sets up this other smuggling gig. They need to smuggle uh, Banthas or something, or Gundarks, some animal on the Falcon. So Han agrees to it begrudgingly. <clears throat> and afterwards it works out they deliver you know whatever the, the animals were and Luke's like well we made it it worked out so you gotta let me do it and Han's like no Chewie's gonna kill me you're not doing it Luke's like you promised and then the next scene is Luke flying the falcon That's and fun. they're talking about how fast it can go and how like how far he can push it and Han's like whoa 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 you don't you'll don't know how to handle this thing and like seeing that kind of that kind of interaction between those two is what I feel like I, I always wanted more of in the original trilogy, and now I will be cheated of it in the prequel trilogy because Han's dead. Sequel trilogy because Han's dead. But little stuff like that, like that's the great stuff about these books. And then there's other stuff that like fucking loop lighten up a lightsaber against Vader. Come don't. Don't you fucking ever do that. <laughs> but there there are really good parts about this run (coughs) so they're making a Han Solo Star Wars story they Uh, are when's
2: it going to be released Uh, it's going to be released May
1: 2018
2: as of right now we'll see if that actually holds up something tells me that Marvel's going to or Disney's going to be like yeah you know what I think Star Wars Wars is going to be a Christmas thing seems like that's the, the time when it's a license to print money. You can own that that window and very little competition. And, you know, The Force Awakens proved that it's just like you're just going to own it. So um, when's Rogue One come out? Rogue One comes out this Christmas. Um, so we're good. What are we in May? We're about mm-hmm. seven months away hard to believe just seven months another Star Wars movie that'll be interesting wonder what that's gonna be like when it opens like the, the actual movie is it gonna have an opening crawl do you think it'll just get right into it like a traditional movie
1: what would you prefer
2: I think it should have a crawl I do too um, um if it's Star Wars, it should have a crawl. That should be the intro.
1: It's so unique to that film franchise that I think that right. it would feel lesser of a movie or not connected if it yeah. didn't.
2: And it and it should just say, like it won't say episode anything, it will just say Rogue One is the crawl is going up. A Star Wars story.
0: Well, I mean, they should all have the crawl. Yeah, that's
1: if what that's we're saying. That's part of the Star Wars thing. They but should it, all have the crawl. I mean, it's a possibility. This is New Frontier, so... It's a possibility that it wouldn't. How dare you to invoke those Star Trek terms? I was thinking the comics, but yeah. You know. <laughs> I was thinking the old West.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there's a brand that needs to be upheld, and if you're, if it's a Star Wars movie, yeah. Gal, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then the ba-ba, bun, the crawl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta have it. If you don't, someone, someone seriously
2: fucks something up. So, this Han Solo movie, they, they cast a kid to play Han Solo. What's his name? Alden. Alden Ehrenreich.
1: Is that how you say it? Ehrenreich? Ehrenreich!
0: Yeah, definitely German. Hates the Jews. Well, don't I mean, they do, right?
1: Uh, n- no. Uh,
2: those are my people, technically. <laughs> those are your people. So. Come on, come man. Come on. <laughs> so, I'm looking at pictures of this kid, um... I'm not seeing even the slightest resemblance to Han Solo, like to to Harrison Ford. Um, They, you know, when they cast Ewan McGregor, people were like, you know, if you look at him, there's actually kind of a similarity between him and Alec Guinness. But I do not see anything similar going on here. Oh,
0: because there isn't. Like, I... So, I was on board for Anthony and Gruber... The entire time. He played a young Harrison Ford in Age of Adeline. Looks just like a young Harrison Ford. Uh, I guess Disney felt maybe he didn't have the chops, so they're going with Alden Ehrenreich. And I forgot that I, I've seen him in Beautiful Creatures, and he was really the only redeemable part of Beautiful Creatures. So that gives me a little bit of hope that maybe he, he's going to be able to pull off this Han Solo role. But... The fucking charisma of a young Harrison Ford, being able to replicate that, it's have a that un- kind of natural swagger. It's, it's like an asking- unwinnable
1: fucking job, so. It's also something that I think we would be silly to question until we see any more. It's like asking
0: him. someone who hates comic books to be fun and friendly when they go into their comic book store (sighs) and be happy with the employees I feel like it's either it's either natural and you have Mm -hmm. it or you don't what I kind of like about this kid is he he isn't traditionally handsome like there was a whole list Mm -hmm. of potential actors who were just fucking supermodels and (laughs) as good looking as you know young Harrison Ford is he's not a supermodel
1: he was a carpenter
0: yeah, good. You know, rugged-looking guy. Like this guy has some of that, but it's it's more more of the attitude. And I I hope he can do it. I've seen him. I've only seen him in that one movie, but I, I liked him in it. I wish him the best. But I think we we're asking before the before we started recording, do we need a Han Solo
1: solo movie? Matt, I think
2: that you do not want one.
0: Well, Matt hates
2: Han Solo. Here's the deal. I, I hate Han I'm not at all excited about this movie as of right now because <laughs> this is two Star Wars movies away, number one. Uh, is both that going like, to be
1: a problem for us in the future? Yeah,
2: our, dude, we talked about it. When, when yeah. the sale first happened, we said we will get Star Wars fatigue very similarly to how we are getting... Comic book movie because it seems
1: like you're already almost there. Like it doesn't seem like your zeal for Rogue One is anywhere near what you were
2: with. Well, Force Awakens. the Force Awakens was kind of a, a special kind of uh, thing. I yeah. think you know it was it was an event kind of thing. Um, there there have been two in my life that, for for films, and it was the Phantom Menace and, and the Force Awakens, and that's. What happens when you put, you know, a 16-year break in between movies of, like, your favorite franchise? Um, you're going to be pretty stoked for the next one, especially when it seemed like there, it was never even going to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Both times. Yeah, right. When episode one comes out, like, it was just so exciting because... Do you want to turn your phone off
1: or... It got- is. It is
2: off. But even when it's
0: off, favorites come through. Jeez. Oh, like, I mean, do you want to talk to my mom
1: and tell her? Yeah, no, I don't. We're recording. So. I yeah, I can't. I can't.
2: Yeah, put her on. Let's see what she thought of *The Force Awakens*. Oh no, that's not gonna be good radio. <laughs> I'm on. excited.
1: She liked, it. she liked it. I'm excited that your mom is in your phone as mom, straight Pittsburgh son. Well, she's my mom, and that's not what?
0: Pittsburgh. That's technically British term, British slang. Oh, are you British? Oh, okay. I'm not, but I mean, that's what I thought i I don't call her mom. I call her mom. She's mom. She's my mom. Because Pittsburgh.
1: It is a more Pittsburghese kind of thing, too. Is it? I I don't hear that. I don't know. I call my mom mom, too. I call my mom mom. Yeah. Uh, McSaws poll. Do you call your mom mom? Or or mom? Hit us up on the Facebook page. Do you want her in there as
0: mom, M-O-M, or Kathy?
1: I have my mother in there as Rita Sharpley because I have everybody's proper names.
0: I have your mother in mine as Sweet Peas. Fuck you.
2: <laughs> so I'm, I'm not that excited about this Han Solo thing um, because it is really unnecessary and there are other stories that like, I can think up that I'm way more interested in. I, like I think most Star Wars fans, want to see the Obi-Wan movie more than like any other spinoff. Just make the Obi Wan movie Disney. That's what people want. Um, but and they, uh, and they can do it
0: in the time frame that they're putting the everything in. Yeah, I don't. Just I don't fucking know, do it. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't want to see a Han Solo movie. Like as it, much as I hope this kid does a great job and everything, I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to see
2: it. I'm sure as we get closer, we'll get more excited. We'll see a trailer and be like, "Oh, that looks pretty good." And we'll change our opinions, but as of right now, seeing a picture of some kid that's gonna like basically take over the beloved role of Han Solo—that I feel like only one actor can do it, right? i, I don't know, man.
1: I—I I don't know. I think it's too early for us to really even speculate. I know that's what it's we never do here. stopped
2: us before, Ian. I—I I, I understand that. That's what I was saying. Ian, what do you think the plot's yeah. gonna be of uh, the Han Solo right? Star Wars story? <laughs>
1: As I was, not to spoil next week's episode too much, but as I was watching Civil War, I was like, fuck, we were really wrong on a lot of this shit. <laughs> Why do we even talk? I wouldn't know.
0: I haven't seen it. Uh. But by the time most people listen to this, I will have seen it. And then we're going to spoil the fuck out of it for everyone next week.
2: You know what I did before I saw it? I tried to go to the comic book store.
0: On Saturday? comic
2: book day. Yeah. I didn't get to tell you about my my uh, escapades to get to the comic book store on, on Saturday. Getting there, not even there, just getting there. Yeah, so I tried to, to go Saturday. Saturday was beautiful, right? So it started out yes, it was. sunny, not a cloud in the sky, not a worry in the air. I put the top down, driving the convertible out. To go to New Dimension Comics because I thought, oh, I could probably get a really good deal on that last Castle Grey Skull statue piece that yeah. I need, right? Mm-hmm. And I was gonna hit hit our dear friend Chip up and be like, hey, you know, you know I've been buying these things the last couple of years. You want to cut me a little deal? And you know how I wheel and deal? You well, do wheel like and a, deal like a champion,
0: like so, a professional.
2: Yeah. So uh, I just wanted a fair price. I'm sure that thing's still collecting dust there. Watch, I'd get there, and it was like some kid would be walking out, like, in the store with it. But um, but I never got that far. I literally sat in some kind of construction or accident traffic. I don't even know what, but I sat in traffic, I kid you not, two hours.
1: The tunnels were closed this weekend. Is
2: that what it was? hmm
1: And
0: s- the Liberty Bridge was being worked on.
2: So bad time to. really bad time so i you know at first i was like okay you know i can see that traffic is a little bit of a crawl here i can deal with that i've got tons of podcasts i got like i can check twitter i'm okay uh you know crawl crawl forward every couple seconds pay a bummer to a dollar as they walk by panhandling so
0: you were there so long you spent forty dollars <laughs>
2: Well, I will say it. So I gave money to the first bum that walked by, and then the second bum comes by, and I give him money. I'm like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm giving out too much money just sitting here. So the third bum goes by, and my eyes just were forward. I didn't even look at him. I couldn't tell you what kind of, like, camouflage, whacked off, pants at the knee, like, weirdo tassel
0: cap he was wearing. Ca- the top stole down?
2: By this time, I put it up because the sun's, like, beating down yeah. on my head. I thought I, it was going
1: to be bum avoidance.
2: Well, so what happened was I, w- the reason why. So it was starting to get really hot. and It was beaten down on my head. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to put the top up. But then I went under, like, an overpass. But it's on the highway, so it's really loud and echoey. When your top is down, it's like, oh, this is too much. So then I put the top up. and We wouldn't know <clears> what it was like.
1: Convertible problems.
2: So, as I'm sitting there, like it took me probably an hour to get from one end of the uh, overpass, <laughs> the overpass to, the next. to the
0: other. And it
2: was that it
0: was that bad Saturday. It, yeah.
2: it truly was. It I'm was. Not, I was in it. In it was that two bad. hours until I was like, you know what? I don't even want to go anymore. I'm in a bad mood now. I have wasted a Saturday doing this. So I like made sure the coast was clear and like I cut across three lanes to just like go That's off fair. of the highway. I'm like right. I can't I can't take it. Yeah. And I was mad that I even waited that long. I should have been like mm, fuck this. Free Comic Book Day 2016. See you next year. And I ultimately ended up going to um more like my home shop which sadly doesn't have quite the diversity and doesn't um, have
0: that last castle gray exactly
2: piece. like tons of comics very uh rich in that regard but when it comes to like kind of the peripheral kind of nerd things that maybe i'm a little bit more interested in getting because frankly i feel like it's kind of easy to grab comics and consume them with digital and everything for me when i'm when i'm looking to spend like a nice healthy chunk of money when i know there's going to be good sales it's typically not going to be on comics anymore it's going to be on something like a statue or original artwork something like that and the store that I went to doesn't really have any of that stuff so I picked up a handful of free comic books haven't read them yet but the value one looks pretty good actually I'm excited about that Um, and you said that you read that
1: I did read that one it's
2: called uh, free comic book day 2016
1: yeah, and it focuses. No, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, uh, uh, is it the is summer it of? Valiant Twenty Sixteen. What the did Summer I say? of Forty One Hundred
0: or 4,000... 4, what? Four Thousand 4, and One. 4,180,
1: 4, Is that where we're going? Jesus it's it's <clears throat> it's the prequel to I believe the event that's happening this summer. Rye, mm-hmm. uh, and um, is the hero that it centers around. Never really very familiar with uh, Japanese fighter from the distant future. Mm -hmm. Cybernetic samurai, he looks to be very cool. Uh, Excellent artwork, really sets up the story. Not a big Valiant uh, fan for a long time, but after the Valiant, really kind of wanted to jump into this world. Was excited from some of the preview artwork as well as the story from this book and I I purchased the first issue of this digitally today because I was so impressed with what it um what it had in story. Wait, for what me. did you buy? Uh the first issue of forty one thousand and one AD or whatever. It's it was it's four thousand and one, but yeah. is that out? Uh that's well, yeah. That's out. Huh. Um, however, I was uh, disappointed with some of the artwork that I, I mean, that I encountered with issue number one because it wasn't the awesome stuff that the Free Comic Book Day
2: yeah, yeah, edition see
1: see. has. Um, so, But still, <clears throat> the writer is Matt Kint. We all love my, Matt Kint's work on his Valiant books. So I can kind of look over some of the artwork that is not as impressive as what I was expecting. That, if I had to recommend anything for free, kind of a colorful day, Valiant's offering was probably the best. Valiant seems to have their shit together.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I feel like I missed an opportunity uh, of maybe a year, a little more than a year ago, to get into whatever Valiant's doing, because I I, I would have wanted to get in on the ground floor of uh, Ninja. I've been,
1: Dude, are not that far into it. It's yeah. never too late. You can go, I oh. know that you have an oh. iPad, you have a Comixology I account, I know it's all of that. Go you back. That. Dip back it's into true. the recent past. And
0: yeah, I feel like in a way, much like um, Chapter House is doing with Captain Canuck, they're giving me the superhero stories that i <laughs> Do either of you find gentlemen have anything left
2: out no I think covered it all except for Captain America Civil War but that'll have to wait till next week Paul
0: yep that's gonna have to wait till next week I purposely didn't purpose purposefully purposefully I purposefully didn't it? see it in order to enrage any McSauce
1: podcast fans well that's really, really thoughtful excited. of you uh, so instead of the Facebook page where you typically—that's at—unleash your fury. Set up gift. A
0: sincere thank you to everyone for listening tonight uh, We say it every week, but we really do mean it every week.
1: Uh, Fuck the listeners.
0: Well, we, in a sense, we mean that too. But we also mean thank you very much. My name is Paul McGettigan. and sharply. I'm Matt Cassow We'll see you next week. On, and when I go to turn, hit that button to turn it on, it stays black and it keeps going beep, 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 beep. beep. Now, I plugged it in, and the little green light's on, so I don't know. I wondered if you would know. Love you. Bye.